This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, we dig into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees. Who should be there? Who should not be there? We make our guesses when they announce them. Who's going to be there? I think we did pretty good. Ryan O'Donnell shares his opinions on Iron Maiden, how they're not there again. And should Kate Bush be on this list? We learned some new things about the music, too, which is also really cool. Plus, are you okay with Star Wars? Typos that are definitely not typos. And keeping on the rock and roll theme, are you okay with the Pixies? Now, it is Psychedelic Sunday, and with the psychedelic and the British stuff going on, I just spent a lot of time listening to Sid Barrett, and not like Pink Floyd, Sid Barrett, Sid Barrett, Sid Barrett, and then Pink Floyd, Sid Barrett. And if you don't know the story of Sid Barrett, he's kind of a weird guy, and he was a part of the original Pink Floyd back in the 60s, did sort of the first album in a bit, and then they were like, hey, see ya. And then Pink Floyd became the band that we know it today. But Pink Floyd, as we know it, uh, was not this band. And this is really kind of the cool part of Pink Floyd. We see we have British bands featured here on the shift for our Psychedelic Sunday, um, which includes bands that start with the, like the Yardbirds, the Animals, the Beatles, and so on. Makes sense? So... I don't know. I was just present to it. I thought it was Psychedelic Sunday and what a great opportunity just to kind of chat about it a little bit. Now, Sid Barrett's songs sounded an awful lot like the Beatles. In fact, even today on Spotify and all those, not a lot of people are listening to uh, Sid Barrett's songs. So he had a song that was called Octopus that um, was really the, the most listened to. But you can kind of hear this is total psychedelic feeling, right? It's sort of the hippie. And... Um, got a very British psychedelic and I'm going to let it go for a little bit because I want you to kind of hear the hook on it um, but you can hear it's very pop right very pop sounding very Beatles flavor to it right kind of weird So when you, they say you're a poet, it's kind of it's kind of a feel, right? Like some guy doing the poetry. <laughs> That's really what it kind of feels like. Now, Pink Floyd with Sid Barrett um, was very different than the Pink Floyd that we know today. Now we know Pink Floyd, right, for another brick of the wall and all of those those uh, those songs. And just for the sake of not assuming that everybody uh, knows Pink Floyd, um, you know, wish you were here. One of the most iconic song intros of all time, right? Skipping, just so we can get to it. So, totally different. So you, think you, you know the song's about Sid, right? No, I didn't know that, really. This song is written for Sid. They wish he was I here. I know that. That's what oh. this song is about. It's for Sid Barrett. Yep. Now, the, it was very contentious, the relationship with Sid. I didn't know that. That's cool. I don't know, comfortably numb was some other, but we get into the late 70s, early 80s, and, and all things Pink Floyd as we know it from the classic rock sound. Hello. Right? Now, what does Pink Floyd sound like before we knew Pink Floyd, when Sid Barrett was there? This is the part that gets really cool with this conversation. It sounds like this. So this is Pink Floyd. 
right? Now, it kind of makes sense. Got a little flavor of the Doors to it. Got a little flavor of the Beatles to it, right? Emily tries, but misunderstands. Now, this song actually gets a little bit more familiar the deeper it gets. I don't think as many people know it. And all you have to do is look at the, the spin counts and stream counts online to see see where the popularity lies, but just wildly different. So still to come here on the shift, although um, uh, I don't know if we, I don't think I scheduled plan any Pink Floyd as part of it, but the um, we will continue with some of these British bands and, and um, you know, such influential groups that brought us to the music that we know today. And we wouldn't have some of these other artists from the 70s and 80s, 90s, 2000s that are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame if it weren't for bands like that, guys like Sid Barrett. Sid Barrett was sort of the unpopular guy that nobody really knew about that had such a massive impact on so many groups and what he created. Um, Pink Floyd, the Zombies, the Beatles, all still to come here with Psychedelic Sunday. So let's take the music conversation and fast forward it just a little bit into today because the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame last week announced the inductees into this list. Now, Ryan O'Donnell, I wanted to give you the uh, honor of reading the names of the seven people that are going because there is one name on there, again, that's not there that you get mad about. So I figured I would uh, let you do that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I will I will graciously accept this this task. So, uh, yeah, it's an interesting class this year. It really is. So we start with Kate Bush and Cheryl Crow, Willie Nelson, Rage Against the Machine, The Spinners, the American one, not the British one, Missy Elliott, and George Michael. Now, that's a pretty interesting slash good there's some really great acts in there, but uh, it's another year where Iron Maiden is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, Metallica, Black Sabbath, Judas Priest, the big, the most important metal bands of all time, and Maiden is consistently left out. They have been vocal in their displeasure of the Rock mm. and Roll Hall of Fame before. I don't think they would show up if they were inducted, which is part of the reason why they probably haven't gotten in yet. Um, but I mean, the Sex Pistols were the same way and they still got inducted. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I think that uh, it's probably about time that we should, they should probably recognize how important that band is to rock and especially heavy metal. Um, I would go as far as to say that Iron Maiden belongs far more than Kate Bush does. My uh, personal opinion. Yes. Yes, I would agree. Kate Bush is really cool. She's uh, has some deep, deep uh, impact on like bands like Coldplay. Coldplay's early sure. stuff is heavily influ- influenced by Kate Bush. But again, like you know, it, it's marketing. Iron Maiden. It. <laughs> it's Iron. I mean, Maiden, it's good dude. marketing, right? I mean, so Kate is, Bush, yes. uh, you know, went to number one again recently because of the TV show Stranger Things. So it's good marketing to bring young people into knowing what the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is. And uh, it still doesn't mean it's right. I don't agree with it. I don't think that Kate Bush should be there. Frankly, I don't even think it's really a great song, Um, although it did become very popular again, which is super cool. Recognize that. Now, Kate Bush uh, did share with some uh, uh, Netflix conversation about her song 40 years later going into the top 10 on Billboard. It's extraordinary. I mean, you know, it's such a great series. I thought that the track would get some attention, mm. but um, I just never imagined that it would be anything like this. It's, um, it, but it's just, 
it's so exciting that yeah. um, it's quite shocking, really, isn't it? I mean, the whole world's gone mad. What's really wonderful, I think, is that this is a whole new audience mm. who... You know, in a lot of cases, they've never heard of me, and I love that. And, of course, as a Stranger Things fan herself, Kate had to share her thoughts about how the show used her song in that very specific scene. In this context with Stranger Things, which I know you, you obviously signed off on how the song was going to be used, was it important for you that it's a song that helps uh, a, a female character, that it helps Max? I think they put it in a really special place. Actually, we watched it right from the word go from the first series onwards so I was already familiar with the series you're already a fan at this point yes yes very much so <laughs> yeah and um, I thought what a lovely way for the song to be used in such a positive way you know as a kind of talisman almost really for Max and, um, yeah I think it's very touching actually oh, there you go uh, you know it's great it's a good song I mean I don't think it's a great song Good marketing on their part. Really cool that a whole new audience sees it 40 years later. And what a surprise paycheck that would be. Huh? <laughs> That'd be nice. Um, next. Should I just hit the thing? I gotta hit the thing. Classic, right? I mean, everybody knows that. I mean, all generations, so many people. I remember being in the bar in the 90s and you know the jitterbug but nope the everybody stopped and yelled and partied it was so awesome now back then in the 80s the group george michael faced criticism on the music lifestyle critics did not like it behavior that uh, transpired after the fact how flamboyant they were how fun wham was uh here is uh george michael reflecting on that all the way back in 1984 only the public like it. It's the usual syndrome. But, I mean, why Why do you think the critics are, are inimical to you? Why do you think they give you so much it's, stick? I think it's exactly that. I think it's because um, we do own up to everything that we do. We're, we're very honest about how we market ourselves. We're, we're probably the only band at the moment who are totally unashamed of being screamed at. Um, and I, I think it's like we do everything that everyone else does, only everyone else is very, very subtly camouflaging the ways of selling themselves. And we just think, you know, there's no reason that you don't have to... It's not insulting your public to do it and, and to tell them you're doing it because they enjoy it just the same way. I mean, marketing is marketing and, and image is image. No one thinks that's really us. I think yeah. deep down, I don't think anybody thinks that we're what we portray ourselves to be in our videos or anything. But because we make it so obvious that we're mucking about, I think people, we like blow other people's cover and it's, uh, it's irritating to a lot of people. What is the best song from George Michael or from Wham? Uh, it's everything she wants, hundred percent. Like Carol's Whisper is a masterpiece, but everything she wants is a perfect, perfect pop song. I uh, I don't know if I agree with this. Is the best one? Oh, this song. Uh, you know, this, I just this watched is... the Top of the Pops performance in the eighties, and they're they're yeah. all in the club dancing, and it's just I'm I'm there. I'm in that moment with George Michael. And I love Wham and George Michael. Yeah, it's such a great song. You know, you hear those keyboards, right? And you kind of like, yeah. Yeah, you're in it. Yeah. So mine, though. Yeah, what would be is, yours? Um, is this one? It might be this one. Oh, a very good choice. Cool. It's cool that he made this song, like, post 
wham, like Poe's Careless Whisper. It's a huge hit. Yeah, there's that one. There's so many, though, hey? George Michael is amazing. This could be. Such a good song, too. Oh, his cover? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, when he did it? I, I don't know. Like, it's just, um, like, the... It's so good. There's so many, um, so many great songs that 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 he did, and um, Father Figure, another one. But this one is probably like the coolest of the Sonics, right? Fast Love was was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's so good. Like I just I, every time I think of the music, and I, there's so many different. Um, so many different eras of life that he touched on so many people, right? And I just think that this is where it really, really kind of hits differently um, for so many people. So anyway, I don't want to dwell too long in it because I'm obviously enjoying the music. So we're going to move on because there are others here to talk about too. Willie Nelson's on there too, his amazing catalog and his weed. He loved Frank Sinatra um, more than anything. Did you know that? That was actually a thing. Like, Willie Nelson, of all people, Frank Sinatra was his inspiration? Would never have thought that. And he shared that with Stephen Colbert. I read somewhere a couple of years ago that I was his favorite singer. And uh, we did a commercial together many years ago, you know. <laughs> I, we actually have a clip of it. What do you do? This is, uh, this is a, uh, a PSA you did for the Space Foundation in 1980, Jim. Willie, it's obvious that we don't share the same tailor. I mean, uh, what do you call that thing there? I call it my way, Francis. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> right on. But we do share the same feeling about space technology, don't we? That's right. It's led to a lot of things that have helped all of us, city dudes and country cousins alike. You you don't see you don't see advertisements for space that often. What what was it the two of you loved about space? I don't know. Somebody asked us to do this commercial together about space, and I thought, you know, why not? And uh, he said, why not? And uh, we had done a, I did my way with him many years ago on his album, and Foggy Day in London Town, and mm-hmm. so uh, you know we've been friends for a long time. Would you, Would you want to go to space? No, I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. That's what he says. We don't have the yeah. same Taylor. Right on, man. Uh, very cool. Willie Nelson, thumbs up. I think so. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. His impact and uh, longstanding. I mean, he's like so many people love that guy. And mm-hmm. yeah, his song, Buddy. It's my favorite Willie Nelson song, Buddy. From the world of hip hop in the 2000s, Missy Elliott was originally inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame in 2019. Sometimes I, I get so emotional. Um, and people always say I cry, but I, I, I cry because it's... A lot to take in. I'm thankful, humble, I'm grateful to be up here with so many geniuses in this room. I've met so many people that I looked up to and still look up to as songwriters and producers. Uh, now, the thing with Missy Elliott, I know that many people will say, what? Missy Elliott's kind of like a Todd Rundgren of his generation, her generation. Missy Elliott's uh, contribution to hip-hop in the 2000s and before that 
was quite remarkable and her natural skill was quite remarkable. If you watch some of the hip hop shows on Netflix, you, uh, you will certainly, uh, see it. Her music though is, you know, well, it's very different for a lot of people. I did find the clean versions, so don't worry, Talia. So, like, she was a real pioneer in the sound of what was hip-hop, especially southern hip-hop, um, you know, so so long ago. Now, Ryan's a bigger hip-hop head than I am. What, what's your takeaway on that one, Ryan, for the Hall of Fame? Well, it's, I think it's definitely 100% warranted. Uh, she's, uh, you know, her work with Timberland in the, in the early 2000s, like, you know, she had a hand in creating some incredible tracks that she's not even on like just the influence and you look at people mm-hmm. like uh lizzo today they will directly say that missy elliott is this and you know it's this cool kind of chain of passing the torch and she still makes good music and uh i th- i think this one especially because the rock and roll hall of fame does uh you know uh, go the hip-hop route as well now this if, if eminem is in the rock and roll hall of fame which he is i would mm-hmm. say that missy elliott deserves to be there too yeah, generationally, her music is very appealing to a certain pocket because that's when she was really making music. But um, her work ethic is the kind of, when you hear about stars and their work ethic, her work ethic is like one of the heaviest of work ethics of all of the stars that you hear. This was such a good song. You know this one, Ryan. It's past that Dutch. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Ryan's reputation about being a pothead is so strong. Miss Josie gave Ryan a joint this weekend. How was it? It's uh, it is stashed away, stashed away for a special occasion. Put it that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, nice. Right. Um, we got more to come here. We'll to continue our conversation. We had to take a break because I've been uh, so excited about the George Michael music. You know, Ryan, uh, Ryan O'Donnell's here. You know, Ryan, one of, one of my favorite George Michael. This could be sonically my favorite of just like yes, turn it. It was killer. Papa was a Rolling Stone. Mm. It was like a non-chart hit, yeah. but it was one of the best. This one. To me, this was like yeah. the minute turned on. Like this, it was so magical because it was you immediately stopped what you were doing. Right? Sounds so good. What Ace concert was that? Dead, I don't remember. Hmm? I'm just trying to remember. It's one of those um, big um, O2 one style ones. I remember that. Um, okay, so what bands should be there? What bands are not there? 877-399-9898. What do you think? The Ryan O'Donnell, uh, Iron Maiden, is the one that he says should be there. Uh, Cheryl Crow did make the list. She sat down in ET Canada to talk about a documentary that's called uh, what was the M&M? Remember the M&M's commercial? This is totally sidebar. This is my brain. Um, so, no, so on, on the M&M's, it was like, I, you know, I'm going to eat it, the, the human. And then he goes and eats that M&M and makes a joke about it being his girlfriend or whatever. And then so he grabs the M&M or the M&M peanut or whatever it is, and he eats it. And then the little M&M goes, Cheryl. <laughs> it's one of those things that go, I, you know, my mind is good marketing, now. man. Oh. Cheryl. Anyway, also the name of Cheryl Crow's documentary, Cheryl. 
I knew music was this joyful thing, this nerve-wracking thing, and ultimately this rewarding thing. Before I ever made it, I had been a school teacher. I had waited tables. Um, I got to L.A. I started doing some session work, still waiting tables. And um, I started getting session work and heard about it an audition with Michael Jackson, and I decided I would show up even though I wasn't recommended, and I wound up ultimately landing um, the background singer role. Very cool. Did not know that. I did, I did not. I knew the the server part because Waiting Tables has been part of her music videos and all that stuff so much, but uh, Cheryl Crow makes the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The Spinners enjoyed success in the 60s and 70s, especially in Motown. They were uh, American Bandstand in 1972. Who are the Spinners? How were they big? Here you go. But I confess honestly, I have never seen you men in concert. But I have... Nobody hit me now. But I've never heard so many people say such good things. Why is it different? What do you do? We let everybody in free. No, we give away money. No, 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 no. Do you, do you spend a lot of time in preparation? Well, actually, we uh, find from the beginning, like with no hit records, that we had to come up with something different, you know, to be able to work. So we got the idea to try and be different from everybody else. So we uh, decided to put some comedy and stuff like that in our act. So we sort of have a variety. You it's know? just not a singing performance. Eh? And I think the, the, the um, most that we could say about it all is that we allow everybody in the audience to participate in it. And we have a communication session. Uh, so there you go. Spinners officially in the uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The height of their commercial and critical popularity, the band started a scholarship program to send one student to college per year. 877-399-9898. Who do you think should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Um, comment about Wham! was too poppy for me at the time, and it wasn't until later that I started to appreciate George Michael's music. Uh, different Corner was brilliant. Thank you for those messages. Bay City Rollers. They're not in there. S A T U R D A Y night, all in one text. That's a lot of typing on the little keyboard to make that one work. Thank you for your text messages. Who should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Raids Against the Machine. Um, boy, oh boy, they sounded good, eh? Like they sounded oh, good. Yeah, they're one of those bands where, like, you know, uh, I think a good example is like I listen to like a lot of like, you know, heavy metal and usually the messaging in heavy metal is pretty brutal, but they don't really mean it. Right. It's just like an expression of art. Rage Against the Machine meant it like when they oh, said political break stuff and they meant it. Like they were serious about it. Yeah. When they said F you, I won't do what you tell me. They meant it. Right now, why don't it like it, it was like this punk thing, but it was like this sort of thrash thing. Plus, it was this heavy thing, but it was pretty square inside rock and roll, too. It wasn't like there's was that new metal era, but it wasn't really that. But it was also kind of that like it was it's such a neat sonically so good. Um, that wasn't an act. They really were political. Uh, Zach Delroca uh, telling Japanese TV show why he makes his music so anti-America. In living in the States, you're living in one of the most brutal societies in the history of the world, you know, the country who inherited the uh, genocide of the Native American peoples, uh, a country which participated in Chateau slavery, you know, the only country in the world to use and drop an atomic bomb on another country, society. 
Now, in order to play Rage Against the Machine, you have to find clean versions of Rage Against the Machine, which is very difficult. Yeah, the good and it's ones not the same. don't even come. They don't even come in clean. Oh, Renegade the Funk does. You can't really make no them clean. It just doesn't hit. Yeah, this one, this one's clean. Um, I just want to give some context for those who don't know Rage, but this is tough. Because then if we play the other versions, then Tally's got to hit the button thing. Mm-hmm. Renegade the Funk. So they were so good, though. Like, this is what I mean. Like, it was pretty square and rock. There was a bit of a new metal rap rock thing going on. Yep. Right? But they did that better than Lynx or any of the other metal bands, though. And good morning to everybody who was drifting off. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> you know what I can imagine right now? Everyone who's driving a truck. <laughs> right? There you go. Um, there you go. A bunch of the artists that are there. Who should be? Um, Rick says, without a doubt, guess who should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Burton Cummings, Randy Bachman should be songwriters of Hall of Fame. Uh, I don't know. Actually, I'm not very familiar with who is in. Uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like, it's such a long list of so many different pieces. Uh, Eric Clapton, there was another call that said Eric Clapton should be in. Um, double check that. I believe he's already in there three times with different bands and songwriters and all those things, right? So it's, um, it is, it's such a, we might have got a couple wrong there. But there are a few that didn't make it. And Ryan, who should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Iron Maiden. There it is. Every year. Every year, actually. Say it again. Every year. I guess we we'll wait to the fall. See if they're nominated again. We will go through this all over again. I just don't think Kate Bush should be there, but good marketing, I guess, on their part. This is the Shift Podcast. Anyway, uh, it's time for Are You Okay With? Ryan O'Donnell is in downtown Calgary. I'm Shane Hewitt. I am in Calgary's north side, the city of Airdrie. And in downtown Vancouver, we have uh, our buddy Talia Miller filling in for John O'Chung. And uh, are you okay with... Get the thing. There it is. Uh, are you okay with weddings? Now, Ryan O'Donnell, of all the people that love weddings... There's one dude I know that has his plan already. That's you. Yeah. Yeah, I got a pretty damn good idea already. (laughs) I don't know. I just, I love the idea of weddings. A couple of my very good friends have had weddings and it's like, you know, you take notes. You're like, Ooh, I loved what they did here, but I hated this. Or I love this. I hate that. I hate that. I love that. You know, that you kind of take notes and get ideas Mm. and then, find ways to make it your own and yeah there's definitely a plan that has been assembled in my brain uh that's missing some pieces you know but it's getting it's getting there i'm excited like a fiance is that one of the (laughs) yeah yeah you know just gotta you know lock that down with a god you know that was a surprise to me is i was like i wonder how expensive engagement rings are yeah i was like oh my god like Oh my god! Like I get it, I understand why. Yeah. But geez, how do they expect you to have a wedding when you spend like six thousand dollars on just the ring? Not even the wedding ring. The mm. hey, marry me ring. Yeah. That's to talk you into the wedding ring. 
Um, it is. Might be so, twisted. <laughs> Might need. You know, it's funny. As a millennial, <laughs> you often say that you um, you often say that you'll you'll never be able to afford to buy a house. You know, your down payment yeah. for your house is cheaper than the wedding ring, engagement ring, and wedding. Yes, but I'd rather get married than buy a house. Oh dear God. No, I no, I stand by that. 100%. Hey, I'm a fan of I'm a fan of getting married, uh, for sure. I think it's a it's a beautiful thing that often gets lost in today's world. So I'm, I'm the can I okay. <laughs> the being married part will be a lot better if you have a like a home first of all, oh, and oh, oh, it, it'll yeah. be a lot better if you own the home down the road. Just saying, mm-hmm. money being the number one reason for most divorce. Yeah, ideally, yeah. Ideally, we would have that solved. Yeah. Okay. Just as long as you... Okay. Makes sense. All right. Anyway, um, last week, millions of nerds celebrate May the 4th, Star Wars Day. <laughs> you love Star Wars, don't you? I, I, yeah. I, I also strange love, I love Star Wars about the same level that I love marriage. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, okay. It's very high up there. It's the, yeah. They're on par with each other. Yeah. I figured that this would be one of those um, one of those things that you wouldn't get a typo on, but okay, whatever. Hey, Star Wars days. That's a typo. Mm-hmm. And one more. Nerd. Ah, there it is. Uh, some super nerds took it to a whole new level, by the way. Getting married with Star Wars flair. Julia and Robert Jones... You know, sometimes when you're getting married, you should evaluate your uh, partner's last name just in case it doesn't fit. Julia Jones. That maybe it's not that bad. That's pretty good, actually. I like Julia that. Jones to be and Robert Jones already discovered that a judge from the Akron Municipal Court in Ohio would be officiating Star Wars themed wedding on May the fourth. So what do you do? You go for it, full send style. By the joining of hands and by the giving, well, by the joining of lightsabers and by the giving and receiving of rings, I now, by the authority vested in me, pronounce that they are husband and wife. I wish you both all the happiness. May the force be with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. I, I like the, the may the force be with you touch at Do the you end think? There. Yeah. Do you think couples regret it when they do like the Edmonton Oilers wedding? Mm, or the weddings is a tough yeah. one, right? Because that theme could mean everything to you, right? It could yeah. be the reason you fell in love in the first place. Yeah. But at the same Today. time, you're also asking all of your guests to subscribe to the theme. And I would like for me, okay, I love Star Wars enough that I think a Star Wars themed wedding would be cool. I would never do that. I would rather like have a little nugget of Star Wars dropped in the wedding than make it all about Star Wars because it's about mm. the wedding, not Star Wars. So, oh, like the yeah, Star Wars first favorite. dance kind of joke thing, something like that. I or something. play the Cantina Band song, for, right. Like on the dance floor. That's actually I'm going to do that. I'm writing that down. Okay, write that down. down. Yeah, right very now. good. Well done. Um, <laughs> so the thing about this. themed weddings to me is, see, I don't care that you make all your guests dress up i think it's your day and if you you know hey your little uh, how you doing is star wars then you like you do that if if big black capes is your thing then you know you go ahead i think that you should 
share your love with your loved ones. It's the, it's the one day that other people get to see into your life, right? You share your love with, with, with this person, with everybody for one day. So that part I don't care about. Make them dress up. It's just that you might not be into it forever. And, um, things change. Trends change. Uh, you might look back and that go, boy, hey, yeah. So I married a stormtrooper. Like, yeah or obi-wan kenobi read the vows and presented the rings on my dog dressed up like chewbacca yeah like it's you know yeah you might just kind of go you know what was a really great idea for a wedding a tuxedo and a white dress i like oh yeah there's that and actually i did see an example i I just forgot about this a cool wedding ring thing Mm. so the wedding was not star wars but on the inside of the rings the guy's rings uh, or the girl's ring said, I love you. And the guy's ring said, I know like from Empire Strikes Back when Han Solo gets frozen to carbonite. Like it mm-hmm. was like that. I was like, oh, that's yeah. a nice touch. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's reckless use of the word cool, but okay. I get it. Um, well, it literally is cool. Cause he's frozen. <laughs> very good very good well in the land of star wars typos which again i'm very surprised by this don't get all hoth and bothered by this no 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 no, no. that's not a typo that's a pun hoth hoth the planet hoth the cold planet from empire don't get all hoth and bothered okay <laughs> no come on i'm going with typo no it's not a typo. <laughs> oh, I get that you think it's not a typo, but just the fact that you think that anybody else would get that joke is also concerning. Man. All right. Sticking to the theme, give you points for that. Um, there were other weddings, too, for themes. Las Vegas was a hot spot for Star Wars weddings, but this time a guy dressed as Darth Vader was officiating. Uh, subtitles are difficult on the radio, but it's something about married by Darth Vader in that one. Yes. So Darth Vader, Darth Vader, Darth Vader married uh-huh. them with a lightsaber and she named her child Ray after the character in the new Disney sequel trilogy. And then their dog's name is Chewbacca. So that, that family really, yeah, really. Yeah. Them. See, but that kid is going to get asked, Oh, why'd you get named Ray? Because my parents were nerds. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. I one. find Ray to be more concerning than North or Apple. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Ray yeah, for Ray is that. fine if your Ray is Ray because it's like Raymond or R A E like Ray, or R E Y. Oh, that's how you spell her name. Thank you. <laughs> um, the family was joined. I wasn't worried. Actually, but thank you. Um, the family was joined by family and friends and from England at the ceremony on May 4th. It was a long flight for such disappointment. Prices for themed weddings are between $150 and $860, just for the ceremony, I'm assuming. But in the end, they said, <laughs> Ryan said there'd be puns later in the show. This is good. I don't take back the nerd comments from earlier, but this is good. In the end, they said, Yoda won for me. It's very good. Told you. Wouldn't they, yeah, wouldn't they be like, say, you know, marry you, I do, or something like that? They would. Probably. Yeah, that'd yeah. be, that'd be good. Mm. <laughs> do it again. Mm. Very good. Marry you, I will. 
Are you okay with? See, that made it all worth it. Yeah. Uh, Pixies. The Pixies. Ooh, the Pixies? There's a difference. Yeah. yeah the Pixies. Yeah. Hmm. They, uh, I don't listen to them as much as I should, but anytime I want to like feel really weird, <laughs> I listen to the Pixies. Like, I don't know. It's just, they just have such a bizarre vibe to their music that's mm. kind of blends into so many different genres. It, they mm-hmm. really are unique and they, they fit so well when they're used in movies, like obviously mm. the Fight Club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the Pixies make you feel weird, but a Star Wars wedding feels great. Um, okay. Yeah, you got All me right. there. Yep. All right. The Pixies are associated with the 90s alt-rock boom, really, and drawing elements from punk rock, surf rock, all kinds of things. And for that, they have some real diehard fans. It was unique. It was fun. Some fans use their biggest song, Where Is My Mind, as an alarm. Just one problem with that. It doesn't work. Stop. That's the word that opens the song. Stop. I don't know if that would be uh, the, my choice of a wake-up song. Um, but it's also how you turn off your alarms on Google Pixels. Oh, fun. <laughs> so um, if where is my mind is your alarm, it literally turns itself off. Oh, funny. The Redditor reported their morning alarm uses songs from a shuffled Spotify playlist. And some mornings the alarm didn't go off. Waking up early to see what the issue was, they caught the culprit. The spoken word stopped during the intro of where is my mind. The Pixies have responded by tweeting, sorry about that. I don't think they are. No, I don't think so I don't either. Think they are. No, yeah. it's really funny. You know, that, that song is about the lead singer swimming in the ocean in the Caribbean, and just this fish was following him. And he's like, I wonder what this fish is thinking. Why can't I just be like that fish? And that guy, somebody's like, yeah, let's make that into a song. And then somebody else is like, let's make that into my alarm. And Google still in the end said, no, not happening. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would like and i want to apologize anyway um sometimes that happens here thanks for listening to the shift podcast make sure you subscribe rate and review the show and share with anyone you like get it on apple podcast google podcast spotify and curiouscast.ca 